0: A mysterious, intriguing, and often misunderstood occupation. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. BugCrowd's award-winning platform combines actionable contextual intelligence with the skill and experience of the world's most elite hackers to help leading organizations identify and fix vulnerabilities, protect customers, and make the digitally connected world a safer place. Learn more at bugcrowd.com.
1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Hacker Factory Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Wiley, the Hacker Maker. In each episode, I have someone from the industry working in offensive cybersecurity, uh, specific roles like pen testing, red teaming, web app pen testing, security research, or bug bounty. And these episodes are meant to help you on your path to offensive cybersecurity and inspire you. You may be already in the field, and maybe this is something to motivate you to switch over. Uh, to different disciplines within the industry. But uh, this episode, I'm happy to introduce my friend, former student, and uh, one of the local members of our community, John Marin. So welcome to the show, John. Hello, how are you doing, Phil? are very happy to be here. Uh, good to have you here. So I think you have a really cool story. Very interesting. You know, it's a uh, unusual way into security. I know some others have have some similar backgrounds, but you don't hear much of those. Uh, But why don't you introduce yourself and kind of tell us about your background and how you got started? Sure.
2: So um, I don't know how interesting it's going to be, Phil. Come on, don't set it up like that. Well, I (laughs) I think it's very, I think it's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I was a police officer with the LAPD for 25 years. And then I retired from that uh, in 2018 uh, kind of had a uh, an oh shoot moment where i need to reevaluate my life and figure out something new to do and um, that's when i went on the journey to become uh, an offensive security person
1: uh, and get into pen testing and that's where i found myself today so how did you find out about pen testing because you know this is not something i would commonly think someone from law enforcement would know about unless you know they're working in some you know i know some people in law enforcement work in digital forensics for some of the cases and stuff They, you know it's kind of a requirement for investigations but so how did you find out about pen testing so what happened was uh, i i met a guy
2: at a bar having a beer. And he was in town at a conference and he was like, yeah, I do cybersecurity." And I'm like, yeah, did people throw that word around all the time? I'm like, what, what exactly do you do? And he's like, oh, well, I'm a, I'm a pen tester. I, I basically, I'm a legal hacker. I get to break into machines and tell companies that their, their machines are, are messed up and, uh, and, and help them fix it. So I'm like, okay, that's now And now that makes more sense to me. It's, it's a little more interesting. And to me, you know, the, the, the things that were fun for me uh, at the police department were getting into the mind of criminals uh, and, you know, obviously helping people. And um, it just seemed like, you know, I, I've always been into computers and, and stuff like that. I used to do some game development stuff, uh, music and sound development for games and things too. So I've always been into computers since I was, a I was fairly young, just never worked in the industry at all. So it just kind of seemed like a like a like the job was at least intriguing enough for me to go and investigate it, basically. And so, of course, I went straight to Google like everybody else would probably do in my position who knew nothing about the industry and uh, started researching it. And there was like a very clear path that it seemed like everybody was going down. Hey, you got to go get these certifications. You got to go do... You got to go uh, do meetups and network with people and 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 a lot of them were kind of based on, hey, you got to go out and you know find a low level job in i t or or something so you get some kind of experience, like practical experience uh, in the field before you make these kind of jumps. So that's what i I started going down that path, and what happened was I met a guy uh, who was in the the fintech uh, community and he was working in security. Um, and he was like, yeah, you really need to go out and get your security. Plus you really got to go out and get CEH. You really got to go out and get OSCP if you want to be a pen tester, because really none of those other jobs kind of, I mean, they, they they're very respectable jobs, but to me, I'm like, Oh, I want to go. When I see some, something shiny off in the distance, I go, Oh, I want to go do that. That's what I want to go do. And, you know, I've already gone through a career where I had to build myself up from, you know, very young and very, and, and not knowing what I was doing, and all the way through a career to at this point. So I kind of wanted to do what I wanted to do at this point. So I, I was like, how do I do it? And he basically was like, well, you need this, this, and this, not necessarily for the education purpose of it, but to get past the gatekeepers, the HR departments uh, of companies in order to be able to get hired to do something like this. So I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. So I started going to meetups. Uh I, I did everything that I was told to do basically. Uh that this 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 particular mentor kind of told me what to do, but he wasn't really a, that available to me because he was super busy. So I started going to meetups. Uh I started studying for, you know, I, I put together a very strict plan uh where I studied probably eight to fifteen hours a day, not even joking. Uh uh, studying the things that I would need along the way. So I, my first thing that I wanted to study was to get to security, uh, sec plus security plus. Uh, and then after I would get that, I would go to Ceh, and then after that I would try the OSCP. Um, so along the way I went, started going to meetups. I went to one in, in Frisco, Texas here, which is where I live. And, uh, I met some bear wrestler named, uh, Phil Wiley and uh, and everybody there was like hey if you want to accelerate you know your way into becoming a pen tester talk to that guy everyone everyone pointed to Phil and said hey that's that's the hacker maker right there you need to talk to that guy uh, i met some guys who were really really giving to the community like Darren Freedy and and Pop Shell uh, and they were they you know facilitated me getting introduced to Phil And so Phil's advice was very similar to what the other people had said, but also he's like, Hey, you know, come take my courses. And, and, you know, if any help you need, you know, any advice you need, I'll give it to you, you know, and he's a, he's a fantastic mentor. So uh, I was very, very lucky to be where I was at so that I got to meet him and those people They were very extremely supportive. Uh, And even though they, you know, people were like, yeah, I mean, that's, you're shooting, you're shooting a little high, but you know, if you were to be able to, it—that's the guy that's gonna be able to help you out. So, I—I I went, and I took Phil's courses uh, down at uh, Dallas College, I believe it's called now, uh, and just kept studying and studying and studying, studying every day. Uh, first, knocked out the the Security Plus, then uh, went and knocked out the CEH. You know, which I know everybody gro- would be groaning about right now, but you know it works (laughs) and then uh and then I went on to study the the you know the most difficult thing which was um for me which was the OSCP uh and you know we can talk about we could probably go on for a long time about how I prepared for that but um I literally went from ground zero not knowing much of anything to um going up the chain getting those certifications again you know those meetups are so important, just not not just for learning and having fun with people because everybody's really nice and supportive. Um, and you can learn a ton there of you know real practical things that you know people in the industry are actually doing instead of you know theories from books. Um, but you know networking wise, it's there's there's no equal to it. I mean, ultimately, after all the studying that I did, it took probably about two and a half years. Uh, Phil just by happenstance Phil put out there on the internet hey or on Twitter I won't call it the internet I'll call it Twitter (laughs) 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 that uh, that, uh, you know I was looking for a job and that you know I was a decent student and uh, and somebody responded from the internet from a particular company a few people responded actually and I and I took a few interviews you know took my first technical interview in my entire life which was Nerve wracking, and I blew horribly. Uh, and but then it prepared me. It's like, okay, you got to go do it. And you, I went out and I, I, I took those technical interviews, even though you know I didn't do too well. But the next time, it you know helped me learn to, what it was expected of me. Basically, not just book smarts. It was you know what the technical aspect and being able to communicate uh, what was needed of me there. So eventually, I ended up getting a uh, a call from a place called the Denim Group which is down, based down in San Antonio, Texas. And they I actually interviewed for the AppSec people originally and they and it was a tough interview and and the uh, I left that interview going, okay, these people are never going to call me. But they did call me back and they I said, "Hey man, uh, no, you don't get the job." So that was cool. But he's like, "Hey, but we have a per- we we think that you're going to be perfect for the network side of things. We think that your skill sets more to, uh, to that, uh, to that discipline. So we got you an interview. So, you know, even though I failed that first interview with that company, they, they put me to the, the net sex side and I interviewed with them and they liked me gave me a job and it was, you know, I can't thank them enough for, you know, giving me the chance And then it was all up to me completely to shine once I got there. And that's, you know, once I got there and started working, that's where my, my real education started, you know, where I turned the kind of book smarts into, into actual practical pen testing. So I'm a consultant with denim group was bought out recently by coal fire. So now I'm a uh, consultant with, uh, coal
0: fire.
1: Very cool. And, uh, for people that have listened to the episode with Heath, the cyber mentor, this is, this is the person that was mentioned. There was Oh some, no. Yeah. But yes, or- me and me and Phil got flamed out on Twitter yep. because because <laughs> because he was supporting me
2: and I used to be a cop and some guy from Germany was like, Hey, you're why are you coming into our beautiful, peaceful Peaceful uh, profession. You're
1: not allowed. <laughs> yeah, someone accusing you of being toxic. Someone uh, you know, kind of assuming you're toxic, being very toxic themselves. But just for for reference of, of people on there, and John's a, a super nice guy, and not the you know the way he was being stereotyped. But just just a reference for those that keep track of the, have been watching the, or listening to the podcast, and if you haven't yet, you'll, you'll want to go back and listen to Heath's episode. So a really good. Great couple takeaways on here, you know, before I forget, too. awesome that you bring up is, you know, one of the things you got to learn nowadays is like John went for his goal and you're going to get a lot of that advice these days because what's happened is this person is giving you this advice, has been in the industry 20 years. They were on the help desk. They went to desktop support. Maybe they were sysadmin. Maybe they became a developer. Then they moved into security. That's kind of the way they did it. And there was things they learned along the way but you can learn those skills without having to spend 10 or 15 years as a sysadmin you can take some courses and learn the operating systems doesn't mean you have to spend a lot of time there to get that experience so as john did you know follow your goal and and go for it i mean sometimes if it if you're not getting there then maybe you have to take another job to get your foot in the door that might make it easier so that that's a great takeaway there the other great takeaway is the the networking you mentioning the networking, and that was another big thing that people that are new in the industry trying to get started, and the biggest thing that's preventing them is getting in is they don't know anyone in the industry. Because once you've been in this long enough, you don't have to apply for jobs and all that stuff. You just, you know, network use your network and you'll find jobs easily. And that's one of the things that ser- served me well. And so that's a couple of really good tips that you save there. And it's good good that you shared there. And it's good that you jumped right in. And it's good good that you made it. I've seen other people I've had Students that w- weren't working as hard as you, but they had the ambition and the guts enough to go apply for a pen testing job and got it. So that's one of the things I think when people are mentoring and trying to help others out, don't ever give them anything to doubt about, you know, kind of encourage them instead, because, you know, older we get the, you know, we lose confidence and we don't think we can do certain things like, you know, when you're a kid, it's like that one meme where it says something about have the ambition of a toddler in a batman shirt you know because when you're that age you're like you know you think you can do anything in the world and as you get older you have failures and you have bad you know experiences with people that kind of hurt your confidence and along the way and so definitely good that that you had the the confidence and the and you know you wanted it bad enough that you went out for it and went for it so great job
2: yeah and and Papa Shell, I know you're out there and you'll be listening to this. Hey man, you told me you told me I wouldn't be able to do it, and I made you proud. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, he he was nothing but supportive, and uh, it's just funny because he was like, "Oh, you really want to go for that? that's really hard. You you don't really know anything." And I'm like, "Yeah, thank you," <laughs> but you know if you set your mind toward like Phil's saying, if you set your mind towards something and you really work hard, I mean I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie, what I did was extremely hard. It required a lot of time, a lot of effort on my part. Um, but if you really want something badly enough, I mean, you you can get it. You just gotta go you
1: just gotta put in the work. That's all there is to it. And so how much time how many years did I mean months or years did it take you to get to that point? It was a it was about two and
2: a half years between the time I started actually studying um,
1: and then by the time, until I actually got that job. And, and really based on what you did, that's really, you really fast tracked it. Cause anyone that's putting in 10 to 15 hours a day or so yep. over that time, that's a lot of time to put in. But for those listening, if you've, if you've, if you've been working in it or some of these areas that people tell you, you have to go into, then you kind of pick up some of those things that John was learning along the way, but that's pretty much, that's a really, on the fast track when you're putting in that much time because you know a lot of people you know may put in 4 or 5 hours a day or something like that and then you hear some people someone else used to have a kind of a uh, pretty intense uh learning schedule or or training was like commander from the community you yeah. know I I heard people say that he would get home from work and then he'd spend I forget how many hours each night learning to hack because he got the OSCP and the OSCE and, and so, yeah, it's pretty amazing sometimes what people go through. So, uh, so after you went through all that, did you kind of feel any kind of burnout or did you need a, a kind of a break to kind of recuperate from all that intense training for that period of time? No, I didn't need a break. The thing about it is, is
2: that, you know, in, and I'll just kind of touch on, on the point you were making earlier, which was or the point that i was saying you know i really came from ground zero i mean i had not i had no skills no um you know it background nothing i mean i, I used, you know windows computers um i use Macs mostly for most of my life but i use windows computers at work to type reports basically and so I, I really didn't do much i really had no experience networking or any of that stuff you know if if i would have turned the tables back um, I, and you know, I was fresh and I was young. I would definitely go the the route of, and my advice to anybody would be to go the route of, you know, start out IT help desk, go into a sock, you know, if, as an, as a first time job, because I've had to learn all that stuff on the fly now that I'm at work. So I was not really, ha- there hasn't really been an opportunity for me to, um, kind of dial back my learning curve at all so I'll go to work and'll I'll be forced into learning stuff which is a way that I like to learn anyway but I'll be forced into learning things that I have no idea about just by the nature of you as a consultant you're supposed to be the expert in, in a particular in in the in, in most of the disciplines that we work and we do all kinds of different things um, where I'm working so Uh, you know, I would definitely, I would definitely, you know, so I, to answer your question, I really didn't have any time to, to get burned out. Plus I like learning new stuff. I mean, it's fun to learn new stuff. Um, and this industry is just, I mean, you have to learn something new every single day. I mean, I've, I've, I've been doing assessments. I've been doing pen tests where literally you start the pen test and some zero day drops the second day you're on the test and they're already vulnerable and you got to tell them about it and, and, you know, adapt to what you're, what you're doing based on that. So, um, you know, it never, your learning never stops. You just kind of kind of got to love it. And I, I do love it. I mean, I love learning new stuff. Um, I have a kind of a philosophy about how to learn that kind of for me avoids burnout, which is, um, if you're doing something tedious, that's not the funnest thing, like reporting or something like that. <laughs> uh, just try and uh, do that. You know, say you got two hours to study, study two hours and how you're going to do whatever, um, whatever te- insert tedious task, uh, and then spend two hours doing something that you find fun, go on hack the box and, and, and pop some shells or something and, and do things that are fun uh, to, you know, work on that side of, of the thing, but you're never going to have to be able to stop learning. So you kind of got to get used to uh constant learning curve, even if you do know a lot of stuff. So
1: yeah, that's, that's some good advice there because anything you can keep doing to learn, because one of the things I find it can be helpful too, is, you know, if you're kind of getting bored and Need a break or something, watching videos sometimes, watching some walkthroughs and stuff can be kind of helpful.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm a musician, so uh among other things. So, you know, if you're a guitar player, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Like learning scales is boring and horrible. But what you can do with them once you do learn them is, you know, you can you have command of the whole guitar neck and play solos and do things like that. So um, you know, one day learn, you know, for a couple hours, you know, memorize scales. And then for a couple hours after that, you know, go learn some song that you want to, you want to learn or you do something fun, you know? So yeah, just, I just temper everything with temper, the tedious
1: with something fun
2: and it should help you through burnout.
1: Yeah. You, you've made really great progress too. Cause just talking to you, one of the, one of our last, uh, the meeting before last in Denton, when we just kind of had the social get together and you're talking about some of the things you're doing, you're you really really progressing really well. So what is probably the most interesting thing you've pen tested?
2: Well, we just did ATMs. ATMs are fun. My partner, uh, who I will give a shout out to, uh, he's on Twitter, Game of Pones. Uh, Fantastic guy. Uh, really knows his stuff. It just helps me immensely. I mean, I, I think that's another reason why What not only do I not get burnt out, but I get to learn um, and it's at an accelerated rate. So I probably sound, I don't know what Phil's talking about, but if I sound like I know what I'm talking about, it's because of the people are, you know, that I'm surrounded with every day. I mean, they, they're really superstars as far as, uh, pen testing. So they, you know, they, they, I just kind of follow on their coattails um but you know we we he's like he told me the other day at the end of the week we went down and we tested some ATMs and he's like at the end of the week he's like well now you can say you're an ATM hacker and I'm like all right cross that one off so yeah we do all kinds of interesting things that that's cool because you get to mess around with kiosk basically you know kiosk and and um it's not just being on somebody's network not only are, it, it is being on somebody's network but you're being on somebody's network and you're also get to physically attack things, which is kind
1: of fun as well. Yeah. And then you get to, to to mess with the hardware and stuff too. Yeah. I never got to do it, but I used to manage the third party ATM pen test until they brought it in house. But that's, that's a pretty good skill. Not something you get to do all the time. So that's, that's pretty cool. Right. Right. Yeah. Anytime you get to touch something, it's kind of cool. Kiosk breakouts are awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's pretty scary when you hear you, you see some of that stuff, you know, thinking these things, makes you glad that your money's insured or something, because these ATMs, uh, pretty interesting. Some of the, the jackpotting attacks and stuff that they have too are pretty interesting.
2: And that's the thing too, is, is when you're, when you, when you go into some kind of assessment, I mean, it's the great thing about consulting, let's put it that way, is that, you never know what you're going to be doing the next week, so it could be a standard external, you know, pen test to somebody's external-facing um, infrastructure, or it could be in an internal pen test. It could be testing ATMs. It could be any number of things, and you're, you're, I mean, you're expected to be the expert, but you're not. I mean, let's face it. I don't test ATMs every single day. You know, I wouldn't call myself an expert, but you know, the the week prior to going and doing those assessments, you know getting to educate yourself on on how to do how to pen test those things you know what's the latest what are the latest vulnerabilities how to do k- kiosk breakouts and things like that it's super fun because you get to learn something that's completely brand new to you and your i think your value as a as a pen tester just grows immensely i mean i would highly suggest anybody brand new to pen testing in general you know for your first job definitely being a consultant is the way to go because it's, I mean, if you can get the job is for, because it's just, you get to do an immense amount of things and you use your learning curve is incredible and you, and you get to, you know, you come out the other side, a lot better pen tester for sure.
1: Yeah. I kind of re- refer to, you're kind of learning in dog years because I mean, yeah. I did it for, for 10 years and just some of the stuff you get to do there, you know, cause there's some technologies you're testing that your company may not have because not all companies have ATMs, but one of the things you kind of show there for, for the listeners is you know you build these these basic skills up with these different hacking skills in different areas that can be b- applied to different areas because mm-hmm. you're mentioning kiosk breakout so there's kiosks and hotels and airports and other things where a pen tester this would be handy and if you get experience with that then if you ever get a chance to test ATMs you can use that knowledge there so it's building up the base across those other different technologies.
2: Right. And it's, it's also a mindset too. It's like, I I have a, I have a different mindset than it's great to go to these conferences and things like that and talk to people like Darren and yourself, because you get to listen to everybody, how everyone would approach a particular, you know, a particular problem and you know, everybody's mindset's different, but the, but ultimately like that hacker mindset is, is the important part, um, which is, you know, just don't give up and just keep going, keep going, keep pushing at something, keep fuzzing it, keep, you know, attacking and attacking, and attacking until something, you know, kicks you back, something to work with. Um, I think that mindset is that you can spread that to anything. No matter what the job they give you, you can spread that hacker mindset to whatever the problem happens to be or whatever it is that they're you're testing. So
1: it's great. Yeah, that's a very good point. And once you kind of develop that mindset, you just don't look at things the same way anymore. So if you're out somewhere and you see a USB drive a thumb drive laying on the ground, you just automatically think there's something on there. Start some good pictures on there is what there is. On. <laughs> Plug it in, see. Like, like malware, yeah, it's funny that uh, someone at DHA one time, the talk he gave was at DC214, our local DEF CON group, and he was mentioning with uh, USB drives, the thumb drives, the easiest way for him to get it people to plug them in and he's had a pretty high success rate was saying if you put it in a personal item. So if you put it in a purse, a backpack, you know, some kind of personal item, people are more than likely to take a look at it. And sometimes that's someone just looking to see who it belongs to, or someone just thinking it, you know, I think it seems less dangerous if they think someone left their bag behind or lost it. Yeah. Put a, put a sticker on it that says my Bitcoin wallet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or within a company if you put like uh payroll exactly <laughs> or, or label it bonuses or something and people get curious to see what's CEO going on. The old payroll dump. <laughs> so just uh you know, I'm curious how how is you know your your past life in law enforcement, how does has that helped you in pen testing? Uh,
2: let's see. How has it helped me in pen testing or has it helped you? I mean, you know, I, I think it, it it helped me in pen testing in that when you, depending on the job you have, but you know, I work patrol for the majority of my life uh, at the LAPD. So uh, that's something new every single day and you don't know what you're stepping into every single time you get a call. So, that helps you, especially in consulting, because it's going to be the same thing every week. is going to be something. New. Sometimes twice a day, so it'll be something new and interesting. Uh, and then you just have to be the, the mindset to kind of switch what it is that you're doing on the fly. And you know, one week you're testing, you know, ATMs. Next week you're testing, you know, external networks or something like that. Or just, you know, you're testing applications um, that are internet facing or whatever. It's just to, you have to be of that, have that mindset that you have no idea what you go and get yourself into. Because as soon as that, as soon as you start throwing packets down downstream, you're going to get back information. You're going to find things out. And every single one of those things is going to be different, new and interesting. So uh, you just have to be ready to, ready to handle whatever is thrown at you.
1: Yeah. It kind of, it kind of seems like some of that stuff, you know, some of that experience might be helpful in social engineering or maybe even physical assessments. So if you've kind of, you know, based on your experience seeing break-ins and stuff that I was just kind of curious if there wouldn't be information from the past you've seen there that might be helpful in trying to, you know, do like a physical assessment of a building or something?
2: Well, there's things that I, uh, that, that I think would, would definitely help out in that, that way. But um, yeah, I can't really talk about those, Phil. No, I'm just kidding. I, uh, yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, the, I think the most important thing that I learned being on the police department is just watching criminals do what they do. Like if you're sitting, there's a million different things you can do, but if you're sitting there watching somebody do something wrong and just seeing what their mentality is and how they go about it or how they gather up the courage to do it. And then they, they throw some stuff out there and if it works, then they're like, okay, cool. Then I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing there. Oh, I didn't get caught yet. So I'm going to keep going down this road I think learning that mindset is what has been you know learning to appreciate that mindset i think is has been really helpful for me so you know it's just something that interests me too so uh finding out about you know miter attack and all the different apts and uh and just really having an interest in like how do these guys do that i mean is, is something that keeps you learning. It's that it's something I'm interested in. And, and I think that's what I took from that experience. That's that keeps me going in this career for sure.
1: There, there's one thing you have that will be one skill that you gain that will be helpful if you haven't experienced yet. So you've, you've had some experience dealing with hostile people. So some of the report readouts, be able to control your temper. <laughs> 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 because have you had any of those yet? That is like, when you're doing these readouts and someone in IT, you tell them this vulnerability, they think they really secured this stuff well, you find something and sometimes they take it personal. It's like you tell them, you know, you told them their baby's ugly or something like that. They get all offended. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> I'm just trying to help you.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, obviously this dealing with hostile people, you don't take anything personal and are you re- and you also realize, you know, especially when you walk into a particular situation, there's usually four or five different perspectives going on. Like if you walk into a domestic violence situation, not only you got the man, the wife, you got the kids, you got the mom in the back room, you got other officers injecting their personalities into it. You got, you got a ton of different, different inputs going on at that particular time. And every single person's got their own perspective. So I think being able to take a step back, like how you feel when you're getting the finger pointed in your face and, and told you you're an idiot, uh, you and you can just see what their perspective is like this. You know, this guy's been doing this for 20 years. This is his baby, basically. And you're telling him that it's a mess. It it's, can be jarring for some people. But I think if you're, if you have the ability to come across as a person that's there to help them and that's all you care about is just, is just helping them, um, that works wonders. Um, and then when people start getting ag- aggressive with you, just don't, just, take it and just keep moving on. You know, you don't, you don't need to, when somebody throws a punch at you, you don't need to return in kind. You can just dodge the punch. So uh, that's, that's probably something that translates as well. Dealing with people, especially when they get upset.
1: So we're getting down towards the the end of the podcast. Uh, Is there any advice or anything you'd like to share before we end the show?
2: I think we probably pretty much covered most of it. I'm, uh, you know, if it's if it's if something's tedious, uh, just tape, taper, taper or temper it with something else, temper it with something that makes you that you really, really like Um, this industry, I think, is a lot about your people skills, Um, like police work is about two seconds of sheer terror mixed with 90 hours of reporting. Uh, so it, it, this is, this industry is pretty much the same thing. You know, the sheer terror is not, is thinking that you're not going to find anything wrong. And then when you do, you're like, "Whoa, oh, wow, this is exciting for a second. And then you're like, Oh, okay. Now I got to write this thing up. Uh, so just be prepared for that. And, you know, you work on those soft skills are probably a really, really important thing. You got to be able to talk to people. You got to be able to listen to people all up a chain Um, who probably know a lot more than you do on certain things and probably don't on others. Um, And just, you know, if you're going to help them, you got to be able to be able to communicate with them in a way that they understand or a way that's important to them. Uh, So those things are really important, not just hacking boxes, but uh, being able to communicate what you did, how you did it to the right audience is definitely a skill that's super important. So yeah. And keep going. Don't let anybody tell you you can't do it. Uh, for sure i mean if somebody says there's no way you're going to go from ground zero to being a pen tester
1: i two and a half years is what it takes (laughs) but you got to (laughs) study really hard (laughs) well thanks thanks for sharing your story and your knowledge with us john no problem appreciate you phil as always you're responsible for me today so i was happy to help you it's always great one of the things that I like about mentoring and teaching is, you know, success feels good, but when you can help someone else succeed, that feels a little bit better. And when you're able to help multiple people, then you can experience that more than what you could on your own. So that's one of the things that keeps me going. So thanks again. Definitely. And thanks everyone. Thanks everyone for joining and we'll see you on the next
0: episode. Take care. See you, Phil. See you. Buck Crowd's award-winning platform, Combines actionable contextual intelligence with the skill and experience of the world's most elite hackers to help leading organizations identify and fix vulnerabilities, protect customers, and make the digitally connected world a safer place. Learn more at bugcrowd.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Hacker Factory Podcast with Philip Wiley.